Morning, guys. I would, I would love to continue worshipping, but um, it's really funny um, that Judith brought that because last night when I just went over my preach, I scribbled on the top, audacious boldness and courage. So thank you, Judith, for bringing those verses because that fits really well. I am looking, it's Palm Sunday today. That's good, isn't it? I love Easter. Easter's a great time of year. Like you get to eat chocolate, you get hot cross buns. It's great. The weather starts to get better. We've got some blue sky and sunshine this morning. And this morning's Palm Sunday. So I am looking at Palm Sunday. And I am going to look at the royal procession, because it is a royal procession, because Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords that happened in Jerusalem those many, many years ago. And we know, don't we, as a as a um a British nation, we are quite well versed now in royal processions. Yeah, we've had the weddings of Kate, and then we've had the wedding of Harry and Meghan, and then we've also had the Queen's Jubilee, we've had the Queen's funeral, and then this year we're also going to get the coronation of Charles. So actually, we in our lifetimes have experienced quite a lot of what these, coron- what these processions look like. Now, obviously, we can play a little bit of spot the difference this morning with Jesus's royal procession, because it was somewhat quite different. I'm going to read it first, um, and then I'm going to show you something, and then I've just got some points that I'm going to just pick out of, like, this Palm Sunday procession. So we can find this. It's in um, the Gospels, but I'm going to look at John. So if you want to turn with me to John 12, verse 12, it should come up maybe on here as well yes it has look at that so it says john 12 verse 12 the next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that jesus was on his way to jerusalem um this crowd previously had heard about the death of lazarus and that jesus commanded lazarus out of the tomb so there was like a little bit of a reputation that went before them maybe caused this crowd to come they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting hosanna Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it. As it is written in the scripture, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seating on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only Jesus was glorified. Only when Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honour the one who serves me. And I'm going to finish there. So 
Jesus, in this in Palm Sunday, in Jerusalem, decides to pick a donkey colt to ride on. And I want to just take a little moment to focus on the donkey. I am a horse lover, okay? So when we hear about the Palm Sunday story, this is what I kind of focus in on. Now, I just want to show you the Queen's procession from the Queen's Jubilee last year. And I just want to show you some of the horses that took place in that parade. If we can just have the clip. This guy at the front, oh sorry, he's, he's disappeared, but the guy at the front actually, a mile down the road, ends up on the floor because the horse spooked at something so dramatically that the horse decided to go this way and that poor horse card fell on the floor. Now, it's interesting because these horses, the horse guard horses, are trained for this. They've rehearsed this number of times. In fact, most of those horses are bred to be the Queen's horses. They're bred to do that in life. And yet, in this procession, they're still quite nervous and they're still quite anxious. Quite a lot of them aren't. Quite a lot of them we see in the procession walk through those crowds perfectly and wonderfully. But as a person who rides horses, and who rides particularly a crazy horse sometimes, I know exactly what it's like when that horse becomes a little bit spooked and a little bit skittish. However, Jesus decides, and it says in here, a donkey's cult which tells us that actually this young donkey, male donkey, was not backed. He hadn't been trained. He hadn't been ridden before. He wasn't used to vast crowds. He wasn't used to people cheering. He is definitely not anything like those horse guards that had been bred for this occasion. In fact, he had been bred probably to carry some baggage to and from places on a small place on a farm. He wasn't used to crowds. And yet this young, unbroken cult suddenly discovers palms waving all around, shouting, and he's ridden for the first time. For me, as a horse rider, I wouldn't get on that donkey because I'm about to enter a very unpredictable, a very turbulent, and a very uncertain position, and I would think I'd end up on the floor. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't. And the thing is, is I love that picture because actually you've got Jesus, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, and he decides to get on something which is really humble and enter a very unpredictable and turbulent situation. But that donkey doesn't doesn't kind of spook at that at all. And I just want to say this morning that I felt that when I was reading that, I felt the Lord say that some of us are about to enter some quite maybe chaotic period of our life a bit of crazy period of our life. There's going to be lots of voices shouting. There's going to be a lot of turbulence or unpredictability. But as soon as you put Jesus onto that, there's peace. You know, as soon as you invite Jesus to take control of that, there is peace. And I just really felt that that was really significant for some people this morning. That actually you just got to let go of the reins. And even though it looks really unlikely that this situation is going to go well, With Jesus on it, actually it's very smooth and everything's very calm. 
That was one of the points that I just wanted to draw out. The second point is that in the Old Testament, the Jews used to use donkeys all the time to ride. But then the Jews became, you know, they became a little bit wealthier and they gained the ability to buy horses. And so therefore, horses were used in terms of a hierarchy. Horses were used to ride upon and donkeys were used to carry baggage. They were used to carry the burdens of the people. And so typically, you would have the horse riders, and particularly the best horses and the nicest horses would go out in the front if, if the Jews were going from one place to another. And then you'd get the donkeys at the back carrying all the luggage and all the bags. And I love that Jesus decides, therefore, to go on a donkey in this procession because he could have gone on the best and the finest horse. Actually, he should have gone on the best and the finest horse. But instead, he actually becomes like a physical embodiment of a burden by riding on that donkey. By putting himself on the donkey, he is saying, I'm your baggage. And as he rode through Jerusalem, he actually did become all of our baggage, all of our burden. And then he took that and he put it on the cross and he died for it. And that's the message of Easter. Actually, everything that we can't, we can't carry any longer in life, all of that guilt that we may be feeling, all of the things that we did wrong once, once, maybe all the wrong we're still doing now, we put on to Jesus and he willingly takes it through a whole group of people and puts it for to death once and for all so we don't have to carry it in our lives any longer. So this morning, cast your burdens. It says in the Bible, cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you. So this morning, surrender anything that you think, I can't carry this anymore. And the last one I, I well, it's not my last point, don't get excited, but <laughs> it is a point, um, is the crowd. This blows my mind, okay? Jesus knew that this crowd was shouting, Hosanna. He knew that this crowd was shouting, you know, glory to the king. And yet he knew that a week later, this crowd would be shouting, kill him. This, it blows my mind that he would, he would get up and ride a donkey through it. It would be like if I knew after this preach, you were all going to go, she was absolutely awful. She shouldn't belong in this church. Put her in prison. We never have to hear her ever again. Yeah, if I knew you were going to say that, if I knew 100% these people hate me, <laughs> yeah, I would never get up on this stage. Never. And yet Jesus knew that that entire crowd a week later would want to kill him. And still, it's, it's audacious, isn't it? It's audacious boldness that he gets on a donkey, that he knows that he's going to represent a burden. He knows he's going to represent a baggage. And yet he knows that this, like, this could be quite a turbulent situation. But he just rides that donkey through that crowd. And it shows me that actually Jesus does that because he knows... It says in the scripture that it says he knows that this is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. He knows that this is the time that he's got to show the glory of his Father. He's got a significant job to do. And it doesn't matter what people are saying around him. It doesn't matter that one moment they think he's a king and the next minute they want to kill him. And that's really spoken to me this week because it's really spoken to me that actually we all have purpose in this world. Jesus has chosen us to walk through the path that he has got for us. And one minute people might love us. 
the next minute people might hate us. But actually what matters is what God has wanted us to do. And you know, I really feel that maybe this is quite a significant moment for people here, that actually there's voices, maybe those voices are on social media, maybe those voices are voices of of people that have been close to you, maybe those voices are voices in the church, maybe those voices are voices of family, but actually Jesus is saying, it really doesn't matter what people think. Like it doesn't matter what people think. It matters about the purpose that God has for you. You know, I have so much respect for Stuart, for Judith, who are going to be performing the Passion I think it's brilliant. I think if someone's going to show audacious boldness, getting out on the streets of Dover on Good Friday morning to confess that God is God, that's boldness, isn't it? You know? It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. They're doing the job that the Lord has said, come on, you can do this. That's awesome. You know, in the scripture further, it says, and we can look at this and we can delve into it a little bit more, because Jesus says in verse 26, he says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And I just want to zoom in to that word serves, because that word serves in the original translation is, is dikanos. Dikonos, dikanos, one of those two, dikanos. And it means that you are like a servant, like a table servant. You know, somebody who's always waiting. Oh, do I need to fill up their glass? Do Oh, they've dropped their knife on the floor. Let me get it and get them a new one. Oh, do they need the next course? They're constantly waiting. They're constantly ready. They're constantly identifying the next thing that they need to do. And that's in contrast to another word that's used in the Bible for the word serves, um, which is doulos which means like you're a servant around the house and you're waiting to be called upon. You know, like maybe the, the master of the house rings the bell and then you, you come and call on to him. And there's two, these two different words. One, servant, dikanos, means that you're always there, you're waiting, you're watching, you're being really proactive in what you want to do. And dolos means that actually you're kind of getting on with your day to day and then when the master calls you, you respond. And in this instance, it's the dakanos which is being used. And I love this because Jesus is saying, like, whoever serves me will follow me. Whoever is there, though, waiting, consistently watching, Lord, what do you want me to do? When is it time for me to do something for you? And I just, I feel like this is really important because if we are people that want to be like Jesus, if we want to be people that actually, in spite of turbulent and unpredictable situations, we still want to walk down that path for him, in spite of maybe what people, other people say, we still want to walk down that path for him, then actually we need to be consistently trying to listen and trying to watch and trying to recognise what we can do for him, like eagerly. Particularly when, I find this particularly interesting, when earlier in the verses... Jesus finds the donkey and he gets up on it in order for, for the prophecies, for the earlier prophecies, earlier in the Old Testament, to be fulfilled. And I love this thought because quite often with prophecy, I feel like sometimes somebody's prophesied something over my life and I go, okay, cool, I'll just sit back and I'll wait for whenever that's going to come to pass. And like that dollar servant, I will just be sat there waiting for like something magical to happen. 
And actually, here, you get this sense in these verses that actually, Jesus made that prophecy come to light. He goes, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be processing into Jerusalem. The earlier prophecies that I ride into Jerusalem on donkey, so therefore I'm going to go and get a donkey. He's that dikanos. He's that servant that actively does something. And so here, there is this sense that this morning, if you've had something pro- like prophesied over your life, I really feel that God's like, what are you doing about it? But are you being that active servant? You know, if God has said to you, you're gonna, you've got an anointing on you, you've got an anointing for, to be an evangelist, or you've got an anointing on you to be a leader, or if you've got an anointing on you to do kids' work, or you've got an anointing on you to, to do worship. I'm still waiting for that one, Marcus. If you've got an anointing on you to um, serve in the church, or maybe to get a different job out there, or, or you've got a healing ministry, or you can speak in tongues. I don't know what it is. But this morning, you're just sitting back, just waiting, hopefully, that one day it will magically will fall into place. Or actually, you looking, watching, waiting, hang on, what can I do here? How can I be active in helping this come to pass? And I just sense that this morning, there's a, there's a couple of people that maybe want, want that nudging. That actually, we need to kind of be active and starting to step into what the Lord has called us to do. And so the donkey... I love the donkey in the story. I really do. You know, the donkey is so unlikely. Yeah, it's so humble. It's so insignificant. But with Jesus, we still know about this donkey 2,000 years later. You know, I was teaching my year seven the other day. They're a fascinating bunch. And um, I was, as I was teaching them, I was talking to them about um, people that they might know. And I mentioned Elvis. None of them knew who Elvis was. And I was like, how do you not know who Elvis Presley is? Um, and I was like, right, get ready for this, guys. <laughs> so, um, and, but it just joined me. But I said, okay. I was like, but you know Jesus. You know, I was trying to think of someone who they definitely would have heard of. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them said, he's the one that rode on a donkey. And I was like, yes. I was like, so you don't know about Elvis, but you do know that Jesus rode on a donkey. And I know this is crazy, but for me, it was like, Jesus is so powerful that 2,000 years later, a bunch of teenagers still know that he rode on a donkey and they don't, they haven't heard about Elvis. You know, I know that's, I know, but it's just a little bit of perspective. And what I want, this is like a light bulb moment for me when I was teaching, but what I want to say is that with Jesus Christ, we might feel really insignificant. We might feel donkey-like in life, yeah? But with the power of Jesus, there's an unbelievable amount of peace and there's an unbelievable amount of power. And then there's an unbelievable amount of audacious boldness that we could have to glorify his name. And I want to read you these verses. Oh, they're not verses. Sorry, don't, don't mishear me there. Sorry. Or don't. They're by Marianne Williamson. This is one of my favorite quotes of like all time. And it just kind of summarizes everything as I do now come to a close. Um, and it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is not our light, 
and not our darkest darkness that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Like, you are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I just want to challenge you this morning. In order to see God's kingdom come to earth, I think as a church we need to recognise the audacious boldness we can have in Jesus. And it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter how insignificant we might feel. It doesn't matter about the turbulence that we think we might face. With Jesus invited into it, the power that we could have in glorifying him is is insane. The crowds at the end of the day that went there on Palm Sunday, yes, they were hypocritical because within a week they were shouting, kill him. And yet that morning in Jerusalem, they caused one of the biggest evangelistic events that this world has ever known. Imagine the power of the church shouting Hosanna to the king.